he told me that it kind of felt like I was trying, I was changing the rules of the game in the middle of the game. And that was challenging for him to accept and then to open himself up to the fact that, yes, the rules have changed and now we have to figure out new rules to this game. You know, we have to figure out how this new game is going to be played now. Welcome to Normalizing Non-Monogamy, the podcast where we interview incredible people from all over the world to hear their personal journeys of self-discovery through the lenses of love, sex, and relationships. Our mission is to show people that they're not alone and to inspire them to embrace their true selves so that together we can open minds and live authentically without shame. We believe everyone's story is powerful and beautiful, yet it's important to remember that everyone does life a little bit differently and that the views and opinions expressed by our guests do not necessarily reflect our own. Additionally, we aren't doctors. Please consult a medical professional for anything regarding your health that you might learn about on the show. Enjoy! Welcome to episode 317. We are Finn and Emma, and today we have an interview with Joe. Joe and her husband have been together about 18 years and swinging for about 17 of them. So we have a wide-ranging discussion about all of their experience. Yeah, this is a, a beautiful conversation about this journey that these two have taken. And what I think is is amazing about this is, th- I mean, anytime you're exploring non-monogamy, right, there's a lot of growth and, and all of that. But they're in sort of a particularly big season of growth and in, in their individual at the moment. At the moment. <laughs> and their individual sort of journeys and as a unit. And so Joe gets into a bit of that and talks a little bit about that. And of course she has consent from from her husband to be here. So we just wanted to say that up front as well. Yes. But yeah, this is an amazing conversation that goes, I would say, way beyond what people traditionally think of when they're talking about swinging. We get into some really amazing conversations about boundaries and just learning who we are and really the the fact that for them, swinging is about way more than sex. Yeah. And yeah. so I think that's true for a lot of people. And so this is an amazing conversation and, and we're super excited to bring it to you. Yes. Thank you so much, Joe, for everything that you shared. Additionally, If you want to get more of Joe, Joe has her own podcast as well called The Confident Swinger, and she's going to talk about that later in the podcast. And Joe is also a confidence coach who works with people who are interested in or thinking about opening up their relationship and getting into the swinging lifestyle to sort of work with them and help them make their dreams a reality. Yes. So if you would like to find more information about that, you can head over to her website, theconfidentswinger.com, or you can find links in our podcast show notes at normalizingnonmonogamy.com. You click on the podcast tab and everything Joe will be under there. Yes. Please go and check out her work. And with that, for anyone who's a premium subscriber, we're going to jump right into the interview with Joe now. And for anyone else, we are going to do a few announcements. First up, if you're not familiar with the premium subscription, it's a way to skip all of these upfront announcements and jump right into the interview. And don't worry, you still get important dates in the outro. And to sign up for the premium subscription, go to our website, normalizingnonmonogamy.com, and scroll down on the homepage. You can find links to sign up there. Those important dates that Emma says you won't miss in the outro... One of those important dates is this Saturday, December 9th. That is our next virtual meet and greet. We are super excited. We do these every single month. And the last one of 2023 is just around the corner. Yes, we hold these for two hours. And so 
come join us. Celebrate your Saturday evening with us. They're super fun. You can sign up on our website, normalizingnonmonogamy.com. The banner is right at the top of the page, or you can go to the events tab and find out more. And you, along with people from all over the world, will be together, like Emma said, for two hours. We'll be asking questions. We'll be putting you in Zoom breakout rooms. You'll get to meet, greet, and make tons of friends from, again, all over the world. So we hope to see you Saturday. Yes. While you're on our website signing up for the virtual virtual meet and greet, you can also go over to the community tab and find out more about our online virtual, which are the same thing, our virtual community. <laughs> um, we The virtual community is full of amazing, amazing people. I can't say that enough. We're blown away by the people in our community. We would love for you to join us if you're looking for like-minded people or some more ongoing support. We have monthly men's group calls, women's group calls. We have monthly Q&As slash community calls. We're really, really grateful to all of you, and we'd love for you to check it out and join us too. Yeah, as Emma said, this is one of our favorite places to hang out and just get support. And it's 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 peer support. It's people who are going through what you're going through. And so, yeah, there's almost 300 people who are part of the community, and we'd love to have you join. If you want to, it is under the community tab on our website at normalizingnonmonogamy.com, and it's just a couple of bucks a month. So we would love to have you join us. Yes. Last up, we want to remind everybody that it's the end of the year, which is a great time to get tested for STIs, to know your sexual health status, so you can hit those New Year's parties and those holiday parties with the confidence to know that you can inform all of your partners of your status. Yes. This is the service. Service. <laughs> it's the service that Emma and I have been using for years. We absolutely love it. It is fast. It is affordable at $129 for a 10-panel test. Uh, when you use the links on our website, that saves you the $10 and it helps support the show. Mm-hmm. So thank you to everybody who has done that in the past all year long. And thank you to all of you who are about to go do it and to be awesome sexual health advocates. To find those links, you can look in the podcast player show notes or on the resources tab of our website. And, and a quick reminder, don't forget to reach out to us, send us a voicemail, send us an email. We would love for, to hear from you. You can send us a question. If you'd like to be a guest on the podcast, we'd love to have you. Um, or if you have any feedback for us. Don't hesitate. Reach out to us. And with that, let's go and talk with Joe. Welcome to the podcast, Joe. We are excited to be here this morning to learn all about you and to help get your work out into the world. But before we do, do you mind introducing yourself for us and for the listeners? No, I would love to. I want to say, first of all, thank you so much for having me here. I'm so excited about this conversation. So I am Joe Levitt, confidence coach for swingers or other sexy freaks, as I say in my intro for my podcast. And I help people manage their bitchy little brains so they can grab life and the lifestyle by the balls. Bold. Yes, That's a bold tagline. <laughs> <laughs> and and so one would assume then that maybe you yourself are in the lifestyle or non-monogamous of some sort. And we would love to maybe hear when did that first come into your life? Yeah. So I am. I'm a swinger. I'm with, um, I've been swinging with my husband for 17 years. We kind of have a different like a definitely a non-traditional path for that. So we'll definitely talk more about that through this um, conversation. But we've been together for 18 years and we've been swinging for 17 of those. So 
it's definitely been a big part of our lives. And it's that space really where I feel just the most authentic, the most like I can totally be myself without having to filter myself. And so that's really the space that I wanted to work in when I dove into into coaching and I was trying to figure out exactly like what my niche was, what who my audience was, what that focus was going to be, the lifestyle just was the most natural fit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and it sounds like it's been a huge impact or it's had a huge impact on, on you. Yeah. On you and and you feeling like you're able to come into your own. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. We got started because I had always had that that little voice in the back of my head that said that I was attracted to other women. But I'd never felt comfortable enough in myself to either to even fully acknowledge it to myself, let alone to any partner that I was with. So it had always just sort of been that like nagging voice in the back of my head that I never actually fully let come into my consciousness until I I found my my partner now, my husband, and he did this amazing job of creating this safety for me. And that really helped me bring that thought to the forefront and helped me embrace it myself so that I felt comfortable acknowledging it to myself. And then once I was able to acknowledge it to myself, I was able to acknowledge it to him. And so I kind of told him, I'm like, I kind of think I'm bi. I'm, um, I, I'm attracted to women and I kind of think I want to pursue that a little bit. And he was very accepting and very welcoming of it. And so he said, okay, let's, let's give that a shot. So we got started. He actually got us started, which is kind of funny because he is definitely not the assertive man at all. Like he's not an assertive man. And so it's funny to me that he kind of took the initiative to get us started into it. And he created a profile for us on C4P, which is club Four play for the people that don't know I'm in the Midwest. And that's a big site, a very popular site in our area. So he created the site for us and it was super nerve wracking and scary and exciting all at once. And we met some people and started going to some events and it went from there. And that profile, just to clarify, that was all, that was 17 years ago that this happened. 17 years ago. And we still have that profile. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. (laughs) I was, I was going to make a joke about how your pictures haven't been updated in 17 years, like so many of the other people on the swinging websites, but I'm, I know you're better than that. (laughs) You know, it's funny. I appreciate you calling me out and I really appreciate you calling me out because we don't really use that um, that site very often. What what we found works for us is really just like meeting people at events. And we've been to this, we've been in this lifestyle for so long that we've got this community already established. And so there are already events that we're that we know, and there's Facebook groups and things like that. So it's probably been, in all honesty, it's probably been a while since we've updated our pictures on there. But in my defense, we don't interact on there a lot. If if that was the main source that we were going yeah. to use to, to meet people and to connect with people, then I would 100% have that updated. I would have current pictures on there um, because that's just 
that I want to make sure that I'm connecting with people and representing mm-hmm. myself in a totally honest, authentic way. And so I don't feel super guilty about the fact that my pictures are probably several no, years no. old at this point. Well, <laughs> no, I think you make a great point too, though, that that it's about representing yourself and you're doing that in person, right? You've, you have found a new way that doesn't rely on the websites. And I think that's amazing because, I mean, that's something that we've been able to do over mm-hmm. time and mm-hmm. you build up a community and, and I would love to, I would love to come back to that because I think that community aspect is, is so huge in this world. And yeah. It yeah. absolutely. And you know, our, obviously our journey has has changed and it's shifted and it's grown so much over the last 17 years because the focus really was me playing with other women totally at the beginning. And he really, he's not the typical man in a lot of way that was like, what is, what's in it for me? You know, Mm -hmm. that's just not his mindset at all. And so he was very, very comfortable at the beginning, just, um, watching or just going, you know, totally for me of what I wanted and, and to be able to explore that and take the lead with that. And, you know, it's evolved and he plays as well. And it's, it's just, it's always kind of interesting to me how that's evolved. And it's actually, it's funny because our, our journey has shifted a lot in the last couple of years. And, we talk a lot now about how we're kind of doing like a whole lifestyle reset. Mm. Yeah. I'm excited to get to that part. I want to, yes. I want to start back a little bit before we do, because I'm curious the, the breaking open. I mean, that's a, that's a huge step for most people. Right. And you, you sort of, I think when we've had this conversation, right, because for us, it was about 16, 17 years ago that we did this. And it seems so nonchalant at this point. But I mean, those are big steps. You coming out and telling your husband you're bisexual and then doing something about that, because I think a lot of people will, first of all, would never be able to come out. And second would be like, well, we're just going to put that on the back burner and know it's there, but never touch it because it's too hot. Right. And so how how yeah go ahead yeah. I was saying it's a, a year into the relationship too I yeah. want to like remember that context yeah, that it's yeah, you know fairly sure. a fairly new relationship which has its benefits and its downsides I think um in that in that moment but I guess we would love for you to talk a little bit more about that journey of those first that first year or so couple years yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it's interesting because we've talked a lot now, especially in the last couple of years about how our journey would have been very different if I had come to him at that point in our relationship and said, I'm interested in playing with other men. His response, I feel like would have been very different than the fact that I wanted to explore playing with other women. So that's interesting to me as well. And it's interesting too, Accepting something different about yourself is super challenging because it changes your entire persona of yourself. Your self-view, the way that you view yourself is, you know, you have this expectation of who you are. And when this other thing enters into your life, enters into your awareness that disrupts that vision of who you think you are it can be really, really challenging to accept that. And 
it was. It was challenging. And I think that's why it had been that little voice in the back of my head that I was never able to acknowledge to myself until he helped me feel safe enough to acknowledge it. And I appreciate that. I appreciate him for that so much. But it was in the beginning, that circling back <laughs> to that question, it was super, it was very, very exciting in the beginning. And there was a lot of hesitation, you know, on my part because I'm like, I've never done this before. The, fir- <laughs> the first um, the first experience that we had or that we attempted to have, we had, at that point, we were still at the point where we thought you meet, that it was easiest or the best way to meet people online. And so we had met somebody online and chatted and we had invited her over to our house and we were sitting on the couch and we were playing Wii because, you know, this was 17 years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So we're like sitting on the couch and we're drinking probably like wine coolers or something stupid. And he's kind of like nudging me to make a move. And I'm like, I don't know how to make a move on a woman. I've never done this before. (laughs) And so his cute little like subtle nudges become like more and more pronounced as the night goes on. And it was so awkward and so hard for me because I'm like, there's that part of me that's like, yes, I'm excited about this and I want to explore this and I'm fucking terrified and I don't know how to do this. And, you know, that woman was not a good fit for our first experience, clearly, because she was also not making a move. And that happens so much that Nobody makes a move. It's like on the in the back of everybody's mind that we're all here for the same thing and we all want to explore this, but nobody steps up and has the courage to make that first move. So that is definitely one of the things that I work with my clients now is like getting comfortable, make getting comfortable with the uncomfortable aspect of making the first move. Yes, that's yeah. a really good way to put it. <laughs> Well, I, I love that you say that too, Joe, because I think too the you, right first of all the the courage and the ability and the the safety to come out and and say yeah I'm bisexual and share that with your partner, but then to be like and we're going to do something about it, and I think that is that is not necessarily an experience that everybody gets because you might you might be able to share it and you might be able to be accepted for it, but to then say well, hey, we're going to do something about that. And we're going to do it pretty much right now. Like that's, mm-hmm. that's just like, that's a lot, like you said, of realizing and, and accepting a whole new paradigm of who you are. But then, then to actually like say, well, now I'm going to do something about it. Like right. That's a whole different level of just. It is for sure. And it's interesting. I think that's part of the reason why we were able to step into it so quickly mm-hmm. was because it was focused on me and because I tend to have more, you know, I've always been a, a, a confident person and I've always been that person that's like action oriented. And once I've made that decision, I'm like, well, what, let's do it. Like, let's, mm-hmm. let's do it, you know, and he is not that person. So if it had been the other way around with him wanting to explore something new, I definitely think the the trajectory of our journey would have been very different. And that's also something that I like to work with clients too, is when they have that, that thought, um, that, that interest that they want to pursue, but them like building their courage 
to do it. And a lot of that just comes from the confidence in themselves to take that step. And I think that's where a lot of people struggle with. That's why I'm a confidence and lifestyle coach. And the majority of my work is really helping people build that confidence in themselves so that they do feel more comfortable getting uncomfortable with taking those steps. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Because it's it's work and it takes practice and it takes like admitting to yourself first what you want and then putting it out there and then making it happen. It It's a process. It's a process. And I say all of the time that confidence is an action before it's a feeling, but you also have to get to that point where you've processed it and you've actually like done that inner work. You can't just, you know, I'm, I'm all for action, but you also have to, it has to be intentional action. Yeah. 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 Yep. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, thank you for, for all of that. And I'm, I'm curious. So you opened up and you started playing, I'm taking us back in time. You started, you started exploring with women and kind of, how did that go? How did that trajectory, where did that trajectory take you both? Yeah. So the first woman that I played with, is actually still one of my my best friends now. And we just really started just playing her and I and the guys just kind of watched. They were not involved at all. And at the very beginning, that was pretty much how it played out was me mainly just playing with other women and Chad. um, That's my husband, obviously. (laughs) Chad just kind of like being there and watching, but he was also comfortable not being there. But at the very beginning, he felt more comfortable being there just to, even though he wasn't involved necessarily, but it was part of his comfort level to just be there. And then it sort of progressed into like threesomes with him playing as well, but still very much me focused on playing with, with other women. And as we went through our journey and we made friends and we started interacting more then you know, he started sort of playing a little bit with, with women occasionally. And then it just sort of like progressed into him playing alone with women as well. And it's funny how hesitant and scared he was that first time, you know, but, and it's still not, we don't play a lot. You know, I say that it's interesting that the lifestyle is such a big part of our lives and of my life, but that doesn't mean to me, that doesn't mean that we play a lot. Like to Mm -hmm. me, the lifestyle, like the sex is such a small part of the lifestyle to me. Mm -hmm. And I think that's something that a lot of people that are not involved in the lifestyle or in E&M can understand. Yeah. So That that it's not necessarily the time commitment, at least the time commitment of doing the, let's call it unquote, the acts, right? The acts of swinging. It's the, it's the communication with your partner. It's the communication with other people. It's going to, you know, a social event. It, like, there's so much other stuff that has to happen before you land in a bedroom. So much. And yeah, that like for us, and I know that that's, that journey is different for everybody. And for mm-hmm. some people, they are very, very focused on the sexual aspect and that's what works for them. And that is great. I am definitely not here to yuck anybody else's yum because everybody has their own journey and everybody has their own why. And that works for them and that's great. But for us, the sex aspect is a very small part of the lifestyle for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So what for you two, what does it 
sort of look like on a maybe, maybe today. a day to day or month to month sort of basis? What is that sort of yeah? How how do you two move through the space? Yeah. So right now, like I said, that we're kind of doing that whole lifestyle mm-hmm. reset. So I'm going to answer your question, but I'm going to take it. Um, yeah. Let's back. do it. Let's let's figure out the reset. Yeah. So, um, like I said, the majority of our journey has been really me focused on being with other women, you know, and there had been a few times throughout the years that I had played with men, but it was never the focus. It was more just like circumstantial. It was never me being like, I am attracted to this man and I want to pursue this man because I want to play with this man. It was always just situational. And about, um, A year and a half ago, I found myself very attracted to a man and that sort of threw him a little bit because that was, had never been our dynamic. It had never been our, our, our intention in the lifestyle Mm -hmm. had never been that, but I also had been going through a tremendous amount of personal growth and a tremendous amount of, you know, I, he kind of called it my, my midlife crisis. And <laughs> I kind of call it my like spiritual awakening, but mm-hmm. <laughs> essentially it's the same thing. It's just a lot of growth, you know? And so I had been learning a lot of stuff about myself and a lot of things had shifted for myself. And I realized that. I was now like, I found myself attracted to a man and I was like, I'm going to tell him that, you know, that's honest and that's open. And that was hard for him. And we talked about that and he said, well, you know, if that's something that you want to pursue, I don't want to hold you back from that. But that first time me playing with another man brought up a lot of feelings for him, a lot of jealousy and a lot of things that he had never really experienced before because my focus had been um, on playing with women. And so that really kind of caused us to to reevaluate and to step back and, and hence the reset because I am super bisexual. It's always going to be a part of who I am. But the honest part of myself says that I am also attracted to other men and that's okay too. So mm-hmm. now we need to look at what that journey looks like. And so for us on a day-to-day basis right now, it's we are focused on me being able to pursue the people that I am interested in or I'm not I'm trying to figure out how to say this um being open to those attractions even mm-hmm. if they're for another man but doing that in a way that still allows him to feel secure in our relationship so for instance we went to a, a house party last weekend and there was um a man or a couple actually that I was um attracted to both of them and Chad had kind of had a moment, right? He had that and I could tell like his body language shifted when he had that moment. And so he had kind of left the room and I had followed him. And so we talked about it. I was I was like, what's what's coming up for you? And that that act in itself was huge because for the majority of his life, he was not comfortable 
accepting his own emotions to himself. So it's kind of very similar to the fact that I had not been able to accept my own bisexuality in the beginning. He had not allowed himself to explore his own emotions for the majority of his life. Um, But when all of those feelings came up for him a year and a half ago, when we first had that experience with another man, it shifted him as well. And so he was at that point where he was willing to allow himself to have those feelings, acknowledge those feelings so that we could work through them. So when he had that moment, we reconnected and we talked about it and, you know, there was reassurance and to, until he felt comfortable. And then he said, okay, like you, I I respect your decision to do what you want to do. And if he had been having a strong reaction, then I would not have wanted to pursue anything because I wouldn't have been comfortable pursuing anything if I didn't know that he was comfortable as well. Mm-hmm. So I didn't, I didn't actually end up playing with anybody. The timing was just not really right, but I feel like it was a big step forward because he had kind of come to that place of accepting the situation and accepting the fact that there are going to be feelings that come up for him. And that's okay that we'll work through those together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And that's huge. I mean, and it's so, uh, thank you for sharing all of that because it's so, you know, it's, it shows, it demonstrates that you can not necessarily get into a groove, but you can in some ways get into a groove for a long time in your relationship. And like, this is the way it was. And this is, this worked for us. This was great. And then you hit a road bump, a speed bump, and it's like, oh boy, what's happening now? This is going to blow things open, but we can we can do it. We just have to slow down and talk and figure it out. And that's what life is about, right? You're going to hit speed bumps. You're going to hit things and hopefully find your stride here and there. But also when you you're like be able to confront those those speed bumps along the way. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, he he kind of struggles with change anyway. You know, he's, um, it, it's just, it's not his comfort zone. And he, he does not like to embrace that quite the same way that I do. <laughs> so, um, it was really challenging for him at the beginning because he, he told me that it kind of felt like I was trying, I was changing the rules of the game in the middle of the game. And that was challenging for him to accept and then to open himself up to the fact that, yes, the rules have changed and now we have to figure out new rules to this game. You know, we have to figure out how this new game is going to be played now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that you say that too. And I, th- I think even to build on what Emma said a second ago, that they, you can get that groove. But I think what's so interesting is your groove wasn't even a traditional groove. It was a groove of non-monogamy and exploring, swinging in a variety of ways. And and even, you know, 15, 16, 17 years into that journey, changing it is still work. And I, ours changed roughly at the same metric, you know, roughly 17, 15, 16 years into our dynamic. We We made some big changes to how we did it. And those have been big because I think it's, you do, you find a rhythm, you find a groove, you think it's working. The, we sweep so much under, under the rug, even, even in an open relationship, we, we can still do that. And that, that you two have arrived there and are figuring out how to process through that together. And, 
And, you know, maybe some of that is like, okay, you know, one of us wants to go faster. One of us wants to go slower. Maybe we don't go quite as fast as the fastest person and we don't go quite as slow as the slowest person. And, but like that dance is so delicate. Absolutely. It really, it really is. And, you know, it's interesting because, you know, you tend to do that. You tend to kind of like get into a groove and into a routine and into, I don't want to say a rut, but basically like a rut, you kind of end up doing the same thing. That's just life. But I think that doesn't really take into consideration how much people change. Mm -hmm. People change every day and they're growing every single day. And when you continue to do, you know, you stay in the same ruts, the same, the same, um, patterns, it doesn't take that change into consideration. And so sometimes, you know, it is good to like stop and reevaluate things. And I think people don't do that intentionally often enough in themselves and in their relationship. Yeah, I love that. And I think, right, to say that Emma and I are the same people we were 17 years ago when we got together, like not even close. And and also you add in doing, I would say doing life with vigor and intensity. You're, I think a lot of times your growth is faster and more pronounced than if you were just hanging out in the ruts. And so you're, you're now growing both of you faster than you would potentially if you weren't doing these things. And there's no guarantee that that growth is down the same path. Oh, absolutely. And that's so scary. That's, Mm -hmm. you know, I just did an episode, um, it hasn't dropped yet, but I just recorded an episode on fear and the relationship with fear and control. And it's like, the reason that you fear things is because you're afraid that you're going to lose control or not have control. And when you're, the reason that you fear, like when I went through my spiritual awakening and I went through, you know, through that process was me really reevaluating like everything and questioning everything where I really hadn't done that intentionally before, but it was really hard for Chad because At first, he was like, I don't know where this path is taking you, and I don't know if that means that it's taking us both together. And that thought just terrified him, understandably, you know? Mm -hmm. So, Yeah, it threatened everything in for him in your relationship. It did. It did. It's interesting, too, that you said that you, you know, you have somebody that wants to go at this super super fast pace and somebody that wants to go at this very slow pace and finding somewhere in the middle. And I think that is so important because what you hear a lot over and over again is that you should go at the pace of the slowest person. And I don't agree with that because I think that it needs to be a little bit... You want to, obviously, you want to make sure that everybody is comfortable with the situation. And I'm definitely not encouraging anybody to do anything that they don't want to do. But you also can't say that I, that you shouldn't do anything that you're not comfortable doing because you're doing something new and different and it's going to be uncomfortable. So I think it's important to push yourself a little bit. And that doesn't mean, again, that does not mean do anything that you don't want to do or that doesn't feel right to you. But there's a difference between something not feeling right and something feeling uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think on that similar note, it's, 
you know, you may, you may arrive in a place where you, you are standing at a crossroads going, we don't necessarily want to go down the same path, but can we support each other to go down our own paths and still have a path together? Like all of those can exist if, if we, if we thread this needle, right? You can go at your speed. Chad can go at his speed and you two can figure out a way to support both of those. That's like, that's an, a whole new world of nobody has to give up who they are. It's still hard. You still have to figure out how to support each other, but you're you're doing it in a bit of a different way where you're not saying we have to do exactly the same thing on exactly the same day at exactly the same cadence, but it's Absolutely. scary and hard. It is scary and hard. And I think that's challenging. It's, it's um, obviously I'm in the swinger space, but I have mm-hmm. a lot more, um, I like to say I have a lot more of that like poly mindset because a lot of the swingers kind of um, really believe that this is their journey that they are taking totally together and they have to make the same decision. They have to be on the same page. And, it, you know, one person can um, make the decision for both of them of whether they want to be in or be out. And I'm like, well, you're not really taking the autonomy of each person into question when you're doing that and you're not opening your mind to other possibilities. Like if you, like what I've found, and obviously I'm not shitting on swingers because I'm a swinger, (laughs) but, um, what I've found is they, a lot of people see this journey only one way and anything that deviates from that one way that they see it threatens them because they're not taking into consideration the possibility of other things working. And so they don't open their mind to other possibilities. Yeah. 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 Which might mean you have to give up some of that control that you thought you ever had that you actually didn't, but it was a great illusion. <laughs> what what you thought you it had was. it. <laughs> It was. That's yes. That's why people said like when they're afraid of something and they're trying to control the situation, they're trying to control a situation that they don't have control of. So then they make all of these rules in an attempt to control something, to feel like they have control over something that in the reality they don't have control of. So the better path or the the way to actually get past that fear is to recognize that you don't have control and accept the things that you're like, accept that you don't have control. So let go of the control is actually going to help you feel more in control. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, cause you, what you're really in control of is yourself. Right. Do I, do I continue doing this? And I know this is like the, this is like the hella scariest part is right. Chad's at a, at a crossroads and not to like speak for him. But I mean, we've been here too. We are here every day. We wake up here and you go, Emma wants to do this thing. Do I want to go on that ride with her or not? Yes or no. Yes. And, and I get to choose every day whether I want to go on that ride, whether that's hard, easy, fun, sad, scary. We choose every day. Do we want to go on that ride together with the person that she wants to be and the person she is? And she might wake up tomorrow and be like, well, I tried that yesterday. I'm somebody different today. Okay. Do I want to go on the ride today? I don't know. Right. And also recognizing in yourself what you Mm -hmm. want. Like, what do you want out of the ride? What do you want out of? And, and it's easy to assume that with each other 
Like, especially when you're in a long-term relationship. She has to go on the ride. Well, no, she doesn't. (laughs) Yes. Yes, for sure. And yeah, every day. And like you said, you're changing every day and you may want something different tomorrow than you want today. And recognizing that you don't have control of your partner. You don't have control of their desires and their wants and their needs and their choices. You only have control of your own. And that's Mm why... That's why it's important, I think, to really think about boundaries instead of rules. Mm-hmm. Yes. And that could be a three-hour podcast right there. <laughs> so I, I know we could take that and run with it, but I'm going to refrain because, oh. <laughs> well, yeah, maybe we shouldn't run with it, but I would like you to expand a little, since yeah. you dropped it in there, can you expand a little bit on your, what you, yeah, what your view is there? Yeah. So I think. I think it kind of goes back to that control, of course, because when you're, when you're setting boundaries, boundaries are all about you and your needs and your response and the things that you need for your life to feel safe. And then recognizing and setting your response to that if those boundaries are crossed. And I think that's the piece that a lot of people don't recognize, but it's so important in boundary setting is it, it's not enough to say, these are the things that I need. It's also vitally important for you to say, if these needs aren't met or if this isn't honored, this is my response to it. And doing that ahead of time so that you're not responding out of emotion, which is very challenging because, you know, when it's hard to be, you know, you can either be very emotional or you can be very logical, but you can very rarely be both. So if you have taken the time to explore your needs and your boundaries ahead of time and then set your response to those ahead of time, then in the moment, your mind, your brain already knows what it's going to do. And it's not trying to make a decision based on emotion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that. Yes, yes. And thank you for expanding on that a little bit. Um, As Finn said, we could go down. I know. I'm like resisting the urge so hard right now. (laughs) I know. My brain so wants to do that when there's something that like I get excited about this thought. Then I'm like, oh my gosh, I want to talk about this for three hours. (laughs) Yeah. 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 We'll do our best to to stay on track. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I I would love to to talk a little bit, Joe, about so so it I guess you've you've kind of uncovered that I mean the way you sort of told this was it was super easy. We jumped into it, everything was great, and then 17 years later we're here. And I think we've seen that there have been a lot more to that. There's more conversations, it has shifted, it's ebbed and flowed. And and I'm just curious, like through that how have you seen how have you seen yourself sort of grow and how have you seen chad grow right i mean i know you're kind of talking for him but it's it's how you've seen him grow yeah i see him being i see him being more confident in who he is and recognizing like that it's okay for him to want things too and that's okay you know it's okay for him to be attracted to other women and want that but you know it's interesting for us because we've had many conversations about the fact that aside from that community and those friendships that we've built he could step out of the lifestyle and be totally fine like he it's not as ingrained with who he is as it is me. And for me, I think it's just the fact that I don't 
feel like a monogamous person. That's not who I am. Like I don't see myself just focusing all of my time and energy and, and sexual energy or, you know, sexual attraction on one person that just doesn't feel like who I am. Mm-hmm. And so he has grown a lot. And like I said, especially in the last couple of years, he's grown a lot because his it's forced him to get in touch with his emotions and process those differently. And there have been definitely times through the years that, you know, the first time that he played with a woman solo, it brought up my my jealousy issues I was, too. I was going to I was going to ask you that. Yeah. It did. It did. And I I'm it kind of surprised me and I had to wrestle with those. And I think if it had happened, I'm a definitely a different person now than I was then. And so I'm I have a lot more tools to deal with those things, but it was fucking hard. <laughs> it was hard, you know? I'm like it caused this like pit in my stomach that was just like black and ugly. And I had to, I had to deal with that and I had to kind of talk about it and talk it out. But, you know, I think what happens a lot is people feel those emotions and it's scary and it's hard. And so they don't want to feel those emotions again. And so they just stop, they stop moving forward. And I think that's the most dangerous thing to do because then you just continue to have those. When you move forward, you recognize that most of the time it gets easier as you go. Like the next time you do it, you're not going to have as strong of a response as you did the first time, as long as you guys do it in a healthy way together. You know, you've talked about those things and you're like, this is what I was feeling. This is why I was feeling it. Okay, well, let's take a step back and maybe baby step into it and see how I feel the next time and the next time and the next time. But if you feel that fear, you feel that jealousy or you feel that anger or that resentment or whatever it is, and then you just stop and don't ever face that thing that caused those emotions, you're never going to be able to get past them and move forward. You're never going to grow in who you are as a person and you're never going to grow as a couple. Yeah. 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 Thank you for all of that. I, <laughs> I'm like, I'm trying to figure out, I want to like dive into so much of it, but. um. Well, I, I would just love to say a quick thing on that. If, if you're good with it is that, I think, right, you're said, like you just said, the emotions came up around a thing. And then you say, well, we're just not going to do that thing so that I don't have to face those emotions. And I, I don't know that everybody has this, this thought process, but my thought process when that happens for me is that doesn't actually work for me because I know she still wants that thing, even though we might not be doing it. Like if we're like, well, hey, I know this is just not, not really on, on, brand on uh yeah on topic but <laughs> she really really wants to go get ice cream and we decide we're not going to go get ice cream but like i can't, i don't get i'm not like well we decided not to go i guess she doesn't want ice cream anymore like no she still wants it and, right. and we still have to like at some point she's going to want to eat some ice cream we just decided tonight isn't the night and so mm-hmm. how are we going to talk through this thing that now one or or we want different things out of they didn't just go away because you decided not to physically do it. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. You are so right. And so many people, uh, so many people don't want to deal with those 
what I call negative emotions. I don't think emotions are positive or negative, but Mm -hmm. I'm going to say negative emotions because everybody kind of understands what that means. More Um, uncomfortable emotions. (laughs) Yes, exactly. More uncomfortable. People don't want to deal with those uncomfortable emotions. And so they just try to pretend like they're not there. So they're Mm -hmm. like, if I just don't give my time or attention to them, then I don't have to deal with them. And they're not looking at the big picture. They're just trying to, their brain is trying to stop the pain in that moment. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If we never walk by the ice cream store, she'll never want ice cream again. Right. It's easy. We just eliminated that fear from our world because we just don't ever go there. Yes. And until you do, until you have to, (laughs) Mm -hmm. until you have to. And even if you're like, well, then we'll never go. We'll just never, ever do it again. And I'm like, well, but is that fair to her then? Because she still wants those things. And so you choosing to ignore them is not recognizing that she still has this desire and this need. And so what you're doing is you're saying that it's more important for me to be comfortable than it is for you to be happy. Well, or the discomfort that comes, and I know this is a stretch on this one, but maybe maybe she really needs ice cream to feel comfortable. And so her not having the ice cream creates an equal amount of discomfort mm-hmm. in her as her eating the ice cream creates in me. And now, now you're in a real jam. <laughs> <laughs> and that is so, so true because it's funny that you say this because this is just coming up for me a lot. Like, Chad and I are very different people. Like our brains just think and process things in a very different way. And so sometimes it's really, really challenging because you're trying to figure out how to get on the same page with these two very different conflicting almost ideas. Mm -hmm. But it's, it's like recognizing how to do that, you know, and that's, therein lies the challenge with anybody. And I think it's funny because everybody thinks that it's just them. And I've so been guilty. I feel like you're just personally calling me out, Finn. So thanks for that. Um, (laughs) But I think that everybody feels like it's just them. Like everybody feels like it's just our relationship. And I feel like we're so different and I don't know how to figure this out. Fucking everybody is different. Every single person processes things different than anybody else. And so, of course, it's going to be challenging. Of course, it's going to be challenging. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. <laughs> and you are not alone. I'll just say that very, <laughs> like, so much of what we're ta- describing here is lived experience for us, too. So, totally. <laughs> and many, many, many people that we talk to. Um, yeah. So, I know it may feel like calling you out, but I just want to, like, it is, it is the say, because like, that's the innate response, right? Of like, oh my gosh, this is just me. This is just me. And it's a reminder, continual reminder. No, it's not. It's not just me. It's not just me. This is something that every single couple goes through. And it may be, like you said, it may be figuring out the ice cream situation, or it may be figuring out the swinging situation, or it may be figuring out a new car situation or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. But Every single couple goes through it. And actually, you know, I appreciate you calling me out because it helps me. And and I say that like you didn't even call me out, but that's how my brain feels like you called me out because it kind of triggered that. But I needed that because that's something that my mind has been wrestling with. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, it, well, it definitely wasn't personal. I, I think too <laughs> the the uh, the piece like to maybe like bring it around because I I mean right you could be like well how could right I guess yes her not eating ice cream is not going to cause her that much discomfort most likely but take it back to your situation it's your sexuality you you mm-hmm. for the last seventeen years would not have had an opportunity to experience that part of yourself. And so that, for some people, that is not easy to just suppress. Actually, most people, that's not easy to suppress a huge chunk of your sexuality. And Well, then and, it comes down to like harboring resentment in people. Yeah. Being good. That's a whole nother right. piece. But No, I just said that to that point that like, well, this could be really hard to open your relationship, but what is going to be, yeah, t- t- what, what resentment, what hurt, what is going to be built up by not addressing it? Not to say that that's the answer, but right. to at least be able to address that. Acknowledge it. Like, what's the, I, I try to tell people this too when they are like in the thick, when they're in the weeds of feeling all of these emotions and trying to figure this out is, What's your big picture why? What's your 30,000 foot view of this situation? And then take it back from there. Okay, what we want is a healthy, happy relationship where we're both happy and satisfied. Okay, well, let's look at the ways, the possibilities that that can happen. And your mind, our our bitchy little brains. That's why I say take control of your bitchy little brains because they are so... They are little um, bitches. <laughs> they are. I like to tell people that our brains are kind of like this um, overly helpful friend, right? That um, thinks that it's helping. So it wants to reinforce you. It wants to tell you that you're right. And so it's going to tell you, it's going to keep showing you anything that it needs to show you to keep to help you think that you're right, to reinforce that belief, you know? So it's like that friend that's like, when you say all men are bad and she's like, oh yeah, let me give you all of these excuses, all of these examples to reinforce that belief that says that all men are bad. She's not helping you because there are a ton of other examples of when men are not bad, but she doesn't want to show you any of those because she wants to make you right. And our brains do that. They think our brains think that it's helping us by just continuously showing those things that reinforce that belief that we have, but it's not helping. And so our brains like to find a solution and just stick with it. And so our brains are like, this is the one path forward. And so your brain is like, there aren't any others. It doesn't even, it stops looking because it's like your brain has figured out a solution and it doesn't look for any other possible solutions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. And I'm, I'm curious sort of maybe building on that a little bit and you, you two have found a way to tap in and explore elements of your, of your sexuality, but it sounds like going down the, let's say the romantic relationship route with women wasn't or hasn't been part of that journey for you that this sexual exploration mm-hmm. and not that there's not friendships or anything that go along with it. It sounds like that has for you fulfilled that part of yourself. It has for sure. And you know, that doesn't mean that it's going to fulfill me forever. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. Like that's future Joe's problem. I'm working like, 
Yep. I, I, yeah. I, I can't worry about that. That's future Joe's problem. But right now it's fulfilled that mm-hmm. need that I have. It's fulfilled that need for variety and that need for exploration of, of other parts of me and getting all of those other needs met and the community aspect for me, which is, which is huge, you know? And so it's really filled that role for me and being able to embrace the fact that I like dressing up in slut wear and I like feeling sexy and I am super sensual and super tactile. And I like flirting with people and being able to, of course, you know, within the confines of the community that um, is okay with that. And in that group that is okay with that, I like being able to touch people and, and, you know, rub on them and kiss on them and make out with them. And honestly, the majority of the time for us, that doesn't even end in sex, but that fills that need that I have for that sensuality. Mm-hmm. 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 Totally. Well, and I think too, I know there's, I mean, I'm assuming, and I know for myself, there's some element in there, as you were saying that, that's like, okay, I love getting dressed up in these slutty outfits. And then you want to know, like, did it work? Right. And you can get to the point of, did it work without having to have sex necessarily? Like, okay, well, they're making out with me. They're clearly into me. Hey, it worked. This was fun. Like I got to put it on. I got to know that like it sort of worked and it was great. And I didn't feel like going further tonight and I didn't have to, I just got to live in this experience in the way that I wanted to. Well, that's right. It comes down to communication and setting expectations with everybody. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. And it's like, it's interesting too, like, how important evaluating is like as you go. And I think a lot of people and myself, like I have definitely been guilty of this, not intentionally evaluating how I'm feeling about everything. And so you have this idea in your head that's like, okay, I'm a swinger. I need to go hook up with people or, you know, that's the end goal. And so sometimes recognizing that that need for me is met without sex. Like I don't need the sex aspect. So for me, it's like, that wasn't even necessarily the goal, even though I thought that it was like, I thought that the goal was sex, but I'm getting that need met through this sensuality. Mm-hmm. And that's really what I needed. And if you hadn't actually like done the work of asking yourself that and evaluating yourself that like, as you go, you're never going to recognize that. And so then if you don't, then you're always going to have that piece of you that feels like, you should be doing this. Like you should be having sex or, you know, sex is the end goal. Yep. Mm-hmm. Totally. And I love it, it. Yeah. It doesn't have to be. I love it. Yeah. You've, you've also talked a lot about community and. That's what I was going to ask you. Go will you it. ask it? <laughs> no, I just want, I would love for you to expand on, on what that means to you, how you view community and yeah. What, what the community looks like for you right now. Cause Doing this in a vacuum is so hard. Oh, it's so hard. It is. And, you know, I think that's why it's interesting for me and for us to say that, you know, Chad says that he could step out of this and be fine. But I think, but he always says, I could never step away from the friendship. And I think Mm -hmm. for him, it's like, I could not step away from the community because it's a whole different level of a relationship that you have with people in in a swinger setting or in a um 
an E&M setting because it's like you being around these people that have the same that are like-minded. I mean, you say that all of the time. It's like this, this community of like-minded people. And so it's like, you're able to be around these people and talk about those parts of you that you don't feel like you can talk about with other people that are, that are really important parts of who you are. You know, the sexuality part is a huge part of who you are and feeling like you have to hide that from the majority of the people in your life is fucking hard. And so when you're in this community of people that you can open up and you can talk about that and it's open and it's accepted and it's just part of who you are and that's totally fine is really fucking freeing. And Mm -hmm. there's just, that's definitely the part that, that most people would never be able to step away from. You know, they say that they're like, I could never step away from those friendships. And I totally understand that. It's because that sense of community that's built within those friendships and the level of intimacy that's involved in those friendships. Yeah. 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 I love that. And also the level then of that community expanding. And right now, like you said, you don't have to go on to pick your poison of 1990s swinger website that hasn't been (laughs) updated since 1990s. (laughs) You get to go out into the real world and you get to meet people who know people who know people and your community is growing. You don't have to, you don't have to go clicking through or swiping through and not that there's not something fun about that, like, cause it can be fun, but that, that now you're meeting people, let's say more spontaneously, organically out Mm -hmm. in, in the community. Yeah, for sure. And even like in those, I like to say that I feel safer at a swinger event than I would ever feel anywhere in a vanilla setting or a bar setting Mm -hmm. because like the community is there and that, um, that expectation and that etiquette that says that we're all part of a community. And even if we don't know each other personally, we're all part of this community. And that community is built around this set of, of rules and expectations that include respect and include consent and include acceptance. And those things are like the Bible (laughs) of the lifestyle. And so I'm in this group of people that all really strongly believe this same thing. Mm -hmm. And so I can be, I can feel safe to be myself and know that it's going to be fine. It's going to be accepted in a way that it's just, you don't find that as much in, in the vanilla world, at least for the, for most people, like I am very, very comfortable in myself. And so I, I give two fucks really. Mm -hmm. Like I, if I'm out in public and I want to do something stupid, I'm going to do something stupid or silly and not be afraid that people are going to judge me because I don't really care if they judge me, but it's still like a different kind of feeling knowing that people aren't going to judge me. Yeah. 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 Totally. And and I'm curious too, kind of similar to that note, like how, how open are you in your life outside of the lifestyle community with 
yeah, with other people. With, um, it, and it's, here's that, that challenge too, of like being, um, of finding that same, that path together is, yeah. um, I am, I'm a very, very open person and I would, I would have no problems in my own personal life telling everybody. And Chad is a very private person. And before I started the confident swinger, this whole journey of the business aspect of it, he was very, he's, he's opened that up a lot and he's kind of become a lot more accepting of that. But I like our children know the majority of our family knows, you know, I, most of our like vanilla like friends know not that we have a ton of vanilla friends but i'm pretty open and the people that don't know are because i i do that out of respect for chad as well and recognizing that that that's his his choice that he doesn't want he's not comfortable with everybody knowing and that's fine too that's fine too it's like finding that path forward that works for both of us yeah yeah, yeah finding that balance yeah 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 yeah, I think I, that's a needle we've had to figure out how to thread ourselves, mm-hmm. just like just like every other conversation that isn't totally aligned in how we both see that and, and stopping assuming that we are aligned just because we got married, right? And so that's that's big work. And and I love that it's part of your work. And I would love to give you an opportunity here to talk a little bit more about what working with you as a coach is like, what maybe what took you on the coaching path? What what training and education you've gotten down that route and what it looks like for you? Yeah. So um, it really like the coaching aspect came about as I kind of started my um, my spiritual awakening or whatever. And really that kind of started with me just saying, um, I feel like I have gifts to offer to the world that are not being utilized. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I had been in a job for a long time that I enjoyed, but it wasn't something that I was passionate about. Like it didn't, I didn't feel like it was the gift that I wanted to give the world. You know what I mean? Like I felt like there was so much more. And so that really started me questioning who I was and what gifts I had and how I wanted to bring that to the world. And it took a lot of different, um, a lot of thought and a lot of processing and a lot of different iterations, but it, it really led me to coaching. And when I found that it just, it clicked because I was like, well, this is a part of who I've been my whole life. I just didn't have, you know, I didn't have a label for it. I didn't have, um, a clear path forward that I was, you know, using that for. So I went through a certification program for obviously coaching is not, um, it's not like a, a what's the word I'm looking for? Like a degree. Right. Right. So, um, so I went through the certification process for that and to really learn the skills, like to, Mm -hmm. because coaching is a skill. It's not, there's a lot more that goes into it than, than probably what people realize. So I got certified to get, to get those skills and the confident swinger was born. Love it. And what is typically working with you look like for people? So I am very, very focused on individuals. Like I, I, I have some programs, like I have like my quote unquote signature program is called get out of your head and into their bed. And it's really kind of like focused on helping people 
be able to connect with other people. Like it's those, it's, that's designed for those people that struggle with like shyness or with kind of social anxiety or that just, they, they struggle with being able to connect with people in the way that they want. And so that program is really focused on body language and interacting with people. But all of my programs, all of my work involves a lot of thought work, as you can imagine. So it's a lot of, um, building yourself up. It's a lot of focusing on managing your brain and shifting your thoughts and recognizing how to, how to manage that and how to take control of that. But really like I have that program. And so that's really for those people that are looking for that specific result. But what I always do is I just have a conversation with people and I say, you know, tell me where you're at. Tell me about your situation. Tell me what you want. Tell me what that ideal looks like. And as I'm listening to them and I'm hearing about their issue, I'm, I'm asking them kind of what they think the problem is. And then I'm really listening for what the real problem is underneath mm-hmm. that surface level of what they think the problem is and just recognizing for them how I can help them get there and what that looks like. Yeah. Amazing. And where's the best way or what's the best way for people to find you? I have, um, the podcast is a great way for people to just get introduced to who I am and, and, um, like the kind of the work that I do or the, the way that I coach and that's the confident swinger podcast and it's available everywhere. Uh, and I have a website, it's the confident You can email me Joe at the confident uh, or you can find me on Facebook on Instagram. I don't really do as much on Instagram as I do on Facebook, but you can find me all over. Yeah. Wonderful. Well, links to all of your work and ways to find you will be in the show notes so people don't have to go hunting too hard. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm I'm so grateful that you like you pivoted your like in your um spiritual awakening as you call it. Like you pivoted <laughs> and found something that was really you can tell the passion and the love and the care that you have for the work that you're doing now and um, how much energy is going into that. And I can just, I can feel that from you. And I just want to tell you like that is amazing. And I'm so glad that you have found that for yourself and you're impacting others. And um, we're excited to get, you know, to get it out, get the word out there and send more people your way. Thank you. I, I love it. It's, it's amazing to me that, I get to wake up every day and do something that I just fucking love. I'm like, I would do this every day for free for the rest of my life. And Chad's like, please don't. (laughs) (laughs) Please don't. (laughs) But that means, that means you found the work that you should be doing, right? If if that's, if that's the drive. And I love that. Yeah, Yeah. definitely. Um, Is there anything else that you wanted to get out there today before we let you go? I want people to recognize how amazing they are. Like you get very caught up in your own sort of like the negative aspect of how hard people are on themselves. And so for anybody that's listening and they're kind of struggling, I want you to just stop for a second and I want you to just focus on some gratitude about yourself. And I want you to really intentionally right now, think about five or six or 10 really amazing things about yourself and just focus on that love for yourself. 
Yeah. Yeah. Because we don't often do that. (laughs) We don't. We don't. We get very, we are our own worst critic and our bitchy little brains tend to just focus on, you know, the things that we did wrong instead of just really thinking about all the things that we did right. Yeah. So. Thank you for your time today and everything that you shared. It was wonderful to talk to you and uh, yeah, thank you again. And we hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. Thank you guys so much. This was amazing. I enjoyed this so much. So did we. Yeah, love it. Well, hopefully it is not our last time. And yeah, have a fantastic day today, Joe. You too. Thanks, bye. And we're back. Thank you so much, Joe, for everything that you shared, for your vulnerability, and just for this amazing conversation. Um, a quick reminder to anyone listening, go and check out Joe's work. Links on uh, you can find links in the show notes. Yep. And again, from my side, thank you, Joe, for coming on, for sharing your story, and for going deep with us. Yes. It was a beautiful conversation. We are grateful to have you in our world, and we hope to send people your way. A quick reminder to come and join us for our virtual meet and greet this upcoming Saturday. That is December 9th, 2023. We would love to have you join us for that fun, fun evening. And if you miss it, we will be back in January. We don't know the date yet, but it will be January. So we will see you then if we don't see you in a couple of days. Yes. I think that's it for now. Next week, we have an interview. Shocking. Yes, right. Did you not think we would have an interview? (laughs) Yeah, next week's interview is with some returning guests with a name change. So originally, they were on episode 169 as Sam and Alice. And next week, you will get to know them better as Sarah and George. And we'll talk all about why that happened. But we would love to have you come and check it out. It's a beautiful conversation. And you don't have to go and listen to part one. But it's not a bad idea. Yeah, it, 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 doesn't, it doesn't hurt. It doesn't hurt. And it's a wonderful <laughs> conversation. So with that, we will see everybody, first of all, this weekend at the virtual meet and greet. And then next Wednesday for episode 318 with Sarah and George. Bye, everyone. Thanks for listening. <laughs>